This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lives number two, and I'm here speaking on the level with Mustafa Karamujic. I will mutilate your name at uh, Paradise Valley Silver Trowel. And uh, Mustafa, why don't we start? Just tell me your full name, the name of your home, Blue Lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. Ah. Well, my name is Mustafa Karamujic, and I'm uh, a member of Paradise Valley Silver Trowel Lodge number 29. Uh, I'm the worshipful master currently sitting in the east for this lodge. This and is my home lodge, and ever since I became a Mason, this has been my home. So when and where were you raised as a Master Mason? I was raised about six years ago at this lodge, right? At this lodge, okay. Do you remember when you first heard of this thing we call Freemasonry? I certainly do. It's one of the highlights of my life. When was it? When did you first discover it? I discovered Freemasonry when I was in college. It was in my senior year. I was taking a great deal of classes, and I had to take a humanity course. And a course I chose was Science and Religion. And in that class, we talked about all kinds of religions, cults, philosophies. And one day, my professor brought in a piece from Manly P. Hall, a little small piece, and I was reading about it, and it made a profound effect on me. So what happened uh, after that? Uh, how Did you immediately search out a lodge or people in masonry, or what happened after that? Well, one thing that really got to my liking is, um, now, I grew up throughout West Europe. I'm originally from Bosnia. And unfortunately, due to the war, I was ethnically cleansed, so I ended up traveling and lived in numerous countries in West Europe and eventually came to the United States. So I always had this philosophy in life that it is really the people. You know, it's not that we divide each other based upon religion, but it's really good people, you know, that always stood out to me. So I always looked at uh, people's actions and religion as a universal thing. Um, so were you in, I'm sorry, were you in Bosnia in college when you learned about Masonry? No, here? I was here in Arizona. In the, you, okay, mm -hmm. continue, I'm sorry to interrupt Definitely. You. So I always said this universal look upon religion and human beings and their goodwill. So I found that hard to find in a regular objective world. So one day when I was reading that excerpt, it really blew my mind. I was like, what? There's other people are like-minded like I am. Is this real? Is this what Freemasonry is? Before that, you know, I watched documentaries, you know, and I always thought that um, Freemason was this abstract, arbitrary thing that perhaps doesn't even exist. Um, so after I read the piece, of course, I went home very eager, very hungry, and I started researching lodges, and sure enough, we had lodges here in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up looking at Scottsdale Lodge, and lo and behold, I noticed there's a lodge right across the road from my house. I was like, there is no way. I passed her numerous times. And sure enough, I turned on my car and uh, rode across the street and saw PVSD for the first time. Holy cow, so you've been there and you just never noticed it. That is right. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what was it that, uh, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but I want to see if you'll expand it a little bit more. You talked about that, that like-mindedness that you were looking for that you found in Freemasonry. What was it specifically that, that drew you into Masonry? So, obviously, at, at first was curiosity. I was extremely curious. Um, I had no one in my family, as far as I know, who was a Freemason. So I had to come here and knock on the door, and obviously I was very anxious, very scared, not knowing who these Freemasons are, what I'm going to be treated like, and so forth. When I knocked on the door, or metaphysics, when I knocked on the door, a bunch of people came to greet me. And the first thing that came to my attention was like, wow, there's something in the atmosphere in the lodge. 
you know, there is this thick, you know, it's almost as butter, you can spread it on bread. There was thick, there was a, some kind of atmosphere that I really enjoyed, and that has to do with camaraderie and how the people got along with each other, how they greeted each other, how they talked about each other. So that's the first thing that really got my like. I was like, wow, there's something special about these people. Tell me what, so uh, how long was it after you read that book in college till you knocked on the door? What was the time print there? It was no more than two weeks. Two weeks, wow. Two weeks. You read that book and bam, you came, came to lodge, and then did you petition right away? And I uh, had to spend six months getting oh, right, to know right, the brothers, right. okay. not having anyone in the family who's uh, affiliated with any lodge. I was told that I had to wait for six months so the brothers uh, got a chance to know me a little bit. But you jumped in, you did, you did what you needed to do, you went through the degrees, and you, you didn't waste any time coming into, into lodge. I certainly did not. <laughs> you know, I certainly did not when I got my chance. Because, uh, you know, as a young person, I was very hungry for something more in life. You know, I always wanted to be part of something more. And to me, necessarily, the religion didn't always have that to offer. You know, I do consider religion to be a fundamental part of life, but sometimes the way religion is practiced, that just didn't click to me. So I was always seeking something more, something greater, and I found that in the lodge. So when I started meeting people who were on the same level as I was, I just knew I wanted to be part of it, and I wanted to know what are these people studying, what are they reading. When was this? When did this happen? What year was it? This was in 2009-2010. Okay, so uh, have you been, had your six-year anniversary then? Yes. You've been amazing six-plus years? Mm -hmm. Okay, sweet. What, uh, tell me, anything stand out to you in that six years? You must have jumped in the chairs right away because you're a worshipful master now, and typically it can take seven years to walk through the chairs. That is right. So what happened when you first came in? Well, um, I wanted uh, to be very active. You know, the first one thing that I greatly enjoy about Freemasonry is obviously the ritual work, the philosophy, and charity work. So that is how I wanted myself to be active in a lodge. That's how I saw myself. And eventually people recognized leadership skills. They recognized that uh, they could depend upon me, that I was serious in the craft. So they asked me to fill in a chair once or twice. And... Uh, I started liking it, <laughs> you know, and I remember when I uh, did a April lecture for the first time, you know, I do teach for a living and uh, I never experienced that public speaking consequence of having your throat dry and you losing your voice and that was my first, uh, first experience when I did an April lecture and afterwards I was just hooked. You, were you know, because I, I realized, like, the more I do ritual work, the more I'm part of the chairs, the more I progress, the more I understood. Because Freemasonry is a huge superstructure. There's so much to it. And even the degrees seem so, so vast, so big, that the only way that could, could make sense to me is by going through the chairs and making myself part of it. Each time I did a lecture or a charge, I understood a greater deal of it. As Worshipful Master this year, do you have any, a lot of times a Worshipful Master will have projects or a theme or something they want to accomplish, anything that's on your plate that you're working towards this year? Yes, I have a three-part goal. Part number one, I want my lodge to travel. So we took it upon ourselves to call the lodge dark in the second week of the month and really go and explore, see other lodges, see what is the current state of Freemasonry in Arizona. 
You know, what are all other lodges doing that are good? What's the bad stuff they could do? What can we learn from them and so forth? So I really wanted to travel. That's one thing that I enjoyed even before I sat in the East, is just go travel, meet the brothers. You know, it's, there's something about when we say that uh, Freemasonry is a universal uh, fraternity. And that comes true when you start traveling. You start meeting people you never talked to before, but yet there's a special bond, there's a special comfort. So I also wanted to extend that to my brothers at PVSD. Uh, as I have said, I love uh, charity work. So I um, made it a point that we align ourselves with the rescue mission and do a lot of cookouts uh, with them. So you guys just did the rescue mission, what, last month was it? Yeah. And what was that project? What was what did you guys do? Uh, there we served over 200 meals to the needy and um, to the homeless population. Mm -hmm. uh, this year we plan to do a couple things, not only serve meals to relieve, because uh, sometimes the rescue mission does not serve meals on Saturdays. So we saw opportunity like, oh wow, we can fit in right here. Uh, we also plan to support students with uniforms, students who don't have necessarily the money to buy uniforms. And uh, we plan on working in the summer by uh, raising money to buy a bottle of water and uh, oh, help okay. them out and so forth. So you, so you said there were three uh, things you wanted to do this year. One was travel, sounds like one was charity work. Charity. What's the third? Uh, brotherhood. You know, uh, we call each other brothers, but I really want uh, to create a couple events where we start getting outside the boundaries of meeting at the lodge and also getting to each other as people as well. Uh, some of my closest brothers, some of the people that I truly can say, wow, if I'm at any place, I can know I can call them and they're my brothers. And we spent a lot of time together. You know, I got to know their families. They got to know my family, you know. So I, that I also wanted to instill in my lodge as well. Because I think that will bring great unity to the lodge, you know. That will give ownership to the people of this place. Tell me about one of the, one of the things that always comes up when we're talking about masonry is brotherhood, like you're saying. Are there any brothers who, who you've looked up to that kind of embody those ideals of Freemasonry that have maybe made a big impact on you or have kind of led the way? Definitely. Yeah, it's okay. Definitely. There is definitely a number of brothers that made that, that instilled a sense of awe, you know, into me. Anybody you want to mention by name? Um, Stephen Gill happens to be one of them, a brother who is very down to earth, who reminded me to his house, taught me how to hunt, taught me a great deal about life, you know, how to appreciate the small things in life how to start off with the small things and build the superstructure of life using the small things that you're thankful for. Uh, Raina Jar happens to be a great mentor of mine as well. He's an officer here, right? He's Definitely. He's a past master. master right? He's part of our Scottish Rite as well. Okay. And uh, he is my junior warden this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any any events, you can any, any stories you can think of, funny times or, or interesting stories you want to tell us the first since you've been in masonry? I have a lot of funny stories that happen, actually happen during degree work. So I'm not sure. <laughs> you can't say a whole lot. Right, right. No, but I'll say this. Uh, I, uh, I took a brother out uh, once uh, who was an enterprise mason, you know, and I went all the way to Oriental Lodge. There I met the, at that time he was a current master of um, Hiram Daylight. And we got to talk, you know, and of course, we started bonding with the brothers, and we started having this conversation about degree work. 
about funny things that happen during degree work, as you say, you know, and he started going off on tangent on the third degree, right? Uh, come back. <clears throat> Because <laughs> you know, yes, exactly. You know, and he started giving me this odd look, like, "Dude, we're all masons. What's your problem, right?" And um, he stopped, and all of a sudden, we go into the lodge, and I was doing uh, courtesy ritual work for that lodge that night. I believe it was the junior ward night. So I'm sitting in uh, a chair, and uh, my brother Corbin is coming through, rolling in his wheelchair, and all of a sudden. The master sees his apron as an entered apprentice mason, and he turns red. Next thing I hear, the laughter and a tap on my shoulder, and he's like, "Now I know why you were shutting me up. Now I know it all makes sense." And uh, from now on, whenever I see him, that that's the first thing that comes to my mind, <laughs> and we start laughing every time. What? Uh didn't you guys have another event? I'm looking for something in the room that would tell me. Didn't you just do something that, like some kind of art contest or something for, was it for high school kids or something? Or Ah, we do Washington Oracle Contest. That's the Oracle. I wanted to know about that. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, that's five decades we've been a part of it. So wow. PSD has been doing this for over 50 years. And, uh, you know, as Freemasons, we always support education and community and literacy, and this is one way we do so. And what it entails is... Uh, it's not art, I'm sorry, it's a speaking yeah. thing. And what it entails is students uh, picking uh, characters from our history and enacting or acting out some of the great things they've done or representing their characters. And that is quite... quite and you pick a winner from that? Definitely. And what, was it, what do they win? Uh, usually the win, I believe, uh, is a $35 gift card, a um, congratulation letter, and a huge trophy. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. for high school students? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Wow. Five decades. Holy cow. Five decades. And we do <laughs> scholarships as well, where we try to promote uh, furthering one in education, uh, whether it's through our fraternity or whether it is outside of fraternity as well. And we have the Fred Stewart Bikes for Books that we do here as that's well. Right. And that's, that's a really great program because uh, a great deal of lodges are doing uh, books for bikes. And the person who actually came up with that was here. Was here, yeah. We, we interviewed uh, Brian Cooper Keeble the other mm -hmm. day, and Brian talked about that as well. That I didn't realize it started here at PBST, right? Mm -hmm. Fred, what was his, Fred Stewart. Fred Stewart was from mm -hmm. PBST. Definitely. Definitely. So when you walk in our lodge, you will see a case with his chair and his uh, favorite coat. Oh, I did see that. I didn't yeah. realize that's who that was. Okay. So you mentioned one of the, you mentioned earlier on about how uh, you got that dry throat to uh, giving your first apron uh, mm -hmm. lecture. And one of the things we hear a lot of brothers say is they say that they developed uh, a good sense of speaking when they come into masonry. There's a lot of opportunity to do that. One of the things we talk about in masonry is we take good men and make them better. And I hear a lot of guys say, well, it helped me speak better in front of a group. Has masonry made you better? How has it changed you? What has it done for you as a man? It made me more confident in who I am, definitely. Uh, it made me more confident as a speaker. Uh, English language being my fifth language, you know, it, you know, I was very reserved speaking the language and um, doing degree work and ritual work and having brothers support me, tapping me on the shoulder, telling me what great job I've done, that made me grow a great deal. 
And uh, overall, being a master mason, it taught me to be very self-conscious and very self-aware of the actions that I take in life. So I always say that could be the best gift or the greatest curse. <laughs> I think a little bit of both. <laughs> Never stop analyzing yourself, yeah, for sure. Um, what would you say to to either the curious or young masons who might be listening to this in 50 or 100 years? What would you say to them? If you have a curiosity, check it out. You know, don't believe everything you see online. Don't believe everybody that speaks about it. You know, come and check it out yourself. You know, come with an open mind, see what it's all about, and you'll be surprised what you you'll find. Any any closing closing thoughts or anything else you want to share? Uh, in Freemasonry, what you put in, you're gonna get twice back. <laughs> Definitely. And I would never look back at. That's what I've done. I've been very pleased, and it has changed my life definitely for the better. All right, Mustafa, thank you for taking time to talk to me today. It was my pleasure.